my number one dating tip if you are interested in men. If you ever catch yourself writing a text to him in your notes app, he's not the one for you. And I was like, damn, I've done that so many times. Yikes. Ho, ho, ho! Merry Christmas! Hello, friends, family, listeners. Hi, how are you? How you doing? Welcome to uh, the first day of our holiday spectacular. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I wonder if it'll actually be, I don't know the way the weeks line up in mm-hmm. December, but technically we'll start it on the first. Well, yeah, we're, we're going to start celebrating on the first for sure, yeah. as we did for Spooktober. We must. <laughs> yes. I think this will come out on, like, the 4th? Mm-hmm. The 2nd. Oh, wow. Okay, very close. Yeah, we have some very fun stuff planned this holiday season. I'm very excited. I'm pretty excited, too. You know, we want to get all of the the holiday energy, the good mm-hmm. Christmas spirit. Yes. Because the times are just worsening. Yep. <laughs> Maybe we cut that part out. <laughs> but, you know, they're, like... Little things that are just so joyful. You you gotta mm. suck up all the joy. You gotta yes. ingest that joy. Increase yes. the serotonin levels. Mm-hmm. And Christmas, the holiday season itself, great time to do that. Definitely. I have been watching many bad Christmas movies throughout all of November because I get two months of Christmas this year. Yes, yes, yes. Nobody can tell me <laughs> otherwise. Um so now that it's actually December, I can watch all of, like, my favorites, like, the good ones that I've been holding out for. Yeah. I should start watching some holiday movies. I think I need to, um, like we were saying, increase the serotonin levels mm-hmm. in yeah. my brain. I'm very excited for um, the Kristen Stewart Christmas movie that's coming out. Oh, is it, like, um, she's, like, a lesbian and mm-hmm. – okay, Yeah. Yeah, I heard that it's good. Oh, you did? Good. Yeah. I've seen a bunch of, like, ads for it, but I literally mm-hmm. don't know what the plot of the movie is. It's just, like, the, all I've seen is, like, the picture of her standing next to her girlfriend or fiancé. Yeah, I think it's, like, her and her girlfriend partner, I don't really know, um, are, like, going home for the holidays. Mm-hmm. I think there's, like, some sort of closeted storyline, but I'm not sure. I could be okay. wrong. But I've heard that it's good. I hope it's just not like a 27 – no, not 27 dresses. The one with um, Alexis Bledel and Katherine Heigl. It's like – I don't know. Julia's wedding or or something's wedding. You've never heard of this movie? Oh, dude. It's no. so bad. <laughs> it's like awful. It's um, – Alexis Bledel and Katherine Heigl? Are engaged. Yes. And she has kept it a secret. Until, like, she finally proposes and then she reveals to her parents that Kitty, the woman she's been living with for years, a.k.a. Alexis Bledel, um, they've actually been in a relationship. And her parents are, like, pretty old-fashioned. And wow. it's just, like, horrible. Like, if you're like, <laughs> I want to watch, like, empowering movies for myself, don't watch that one. It's, it's not, not. That's not it. That's not gotcha. it. Yeah, no, I've never heard of that. That's just such a weird pairing to me. Like, it doesn't seem like they yeah. would be the same age. They actually, yeah. I but they guess probably they are, are, like, fairly similar in age. Katherine Heigl's probably just, like, a little bit older. Yeah. They look pretty congruent in age in the movie. Mm. Like, they don't ever, um, they're, like, 
two or three moments where it actually looks like they might be a couple. Wow. Other than that, they just look like two close friends. Yeah, just two straight girls yeah. hanging out. <laughs> girls being bros. Yeah, I'm excited to see that Kristen Stewart movie. I feel like she's entering a new phase of her career post-Twilight. Mm-hmm. I'm interested to see where it goes. Yeah. I'm very excited for the second Princess Switch Big energy. Yeah, the second one, it's going to be, like, horrible, and I can't wait. (laughs) I simply can't wait. I still have to finish watching The Holiday. I really want to do that. That one was, it was something. Yeah, I, like, just didn't like either of the main characters at all, and the writing was really bad. Oh, I don't find Emma Roberts very likable in any role, unless it's, like, Addie. Yeah, I was going to say, the last time I liked her was, like, Unfabulous and... Aquamarine. Yeah. I mean, she's found her niche, which is like playing the bitch. Yeah. Very interesting because she played the loser when she was a kid. Yeah. There's Holiday. There's Dash and Lily, which I watched Mm -hmm. all of in like one sitting. You said you really liked that one. I liked Dash and Lily. It it mostly just made me like miss New York at Christmas time Mm -hmm. because Christmas in New York is like lovely and like the the show opens with the Union Square Christmas market, (sighs) which is like my favorite place. Maybe I'll make Phil watch it. Um, I don't think he'll like it. <laughs> oh, 100% not. <laughs> Definitely not. Yeah. But today, we have one of my favorite Christmas movies. Yes. We picked a really good yes. holiday movie. Yeah. Holiday movie. <laughs> yeah. Holiday movie. We are doing 2006's The Holiday. Yes. Star-studded cast. Absolutely. We got mm-hmm. Kate Winslet, okay, Cameron mm-hmm. Diaz. Jack Black, Jude Law, mm-hmm. John Krasinski, Catherine Hahn cameos. A little as Dave well. Franco, Lindsay Lohan, just quick blip. Yeah. I really like this movie. I prefer it to Love Actually, which is like the other big like Christmas rom com. Mm-hmm. Just because I think that like this is it's definitely a Christmas movie, but I feel like it's less like this is Christmas and I'm shoving it down like your fucking throat. It just happens to be at Christmas time, it feels like. Exactly. It's very natural. They don't actually even say like, and then this is Christmas Day. They don't really show like Christmas Day at all. It's just delightful. Jack Black is so charming in this movie. He really is. Like, who would have thought Jack Black, romantic interest leading man? And not me, personally, not me. (laughs) But he really nails it. He's... Mm -hmm like this lovely mix of just like really caring and like he doesn't even really harp on they don't harp on the fact that he's funny it just happens to be a nice Mm -hmm. personality trait that he has yeah and like so endearing and just like really genuine Mm -hmm. when he plays down to earth like i really do feel empathy for his character totally and i love him in comedy stuff but like you can't Mm -hmm. be like oh my god jack black like yeah he sounds you're not you're not watching school of rock and being like oh my god yeah exactly yeah. oh school yeah. of rock what a good movie we should do that one. Oh yeah one of my favorites um but yeah nancy myers did write this character with him in mind mm-hmm. yeah. and then as she continued writing like saw each of these actors as these roles so it was all very like specifically cast which i i think is clear i feel like everyone is very well fitted for their roles yeah totally <laughs> Jasper's character. Oh my god. This guy is actual horse shit. Yeah. I was writing down some notes while I was watching and I was like, I'm fucking cringing. I want yeah. to kill him. Yes. Even though he's so awful, like it felt pretty real to me. It didn't mm-hmm. go like over the top. I was just like, Yeah, this guy is absolutely toxic. And it's also kind of interesting to see 
like as we get older, this could happen to us. <laughs> oh yeah. I I feel I um I would very easily fall into a trap like this, unfortunately. Yeah, Jasper is awful. I was talking to our friend Christina the other day about this movie and she also really loves it. And she was saying that every time she sees, she like hates Jasper so much that anytime she sees this actor in anything else, Mm -hmm. she like immediately hates it, like cannot separate this actor (laughs) from this character. I was like, yeah. Yeah, not good. Mm -hmm. We'll get further into it when we discuss the film, but yeah. Wow, what a Mm -hmm. piece of shit. Um, before we jump in, though, I just want to say, please enjoy our social media this holiday season. There will yeah. be some really fun recipes, just, oh, you yes. know, great polls happening, some mm-hmm. posts. And we love your engagement in our social media. So please feel yes. free to comment, like, you know, share stuff on your own story. DM mm-hmm. us for suggestions or like if you have anything you want to hear on the pod, please feel free. Yeah, we have a lot of fun stuff planned this month, so you definitely yes. want to follow. Check that out. On Instagram, we're Movies That Raised Us, so check it out. Heck yeah. And on that note, let's jump into it. So the movie begins. We see this couple. They're having an embrace. They're kissing. Mm-hmm. We hear the plinky-plunky music. The camera zooms out, and we see that it's actually a movie that somebody is composing the score for, yes. and it's Jack Black. <laughs> And if you don't know, my brother is a composer. He actually wrote our theme song and he does like film and video game composition. And he absolutely hates this movie, <laughs> particularly because of this opening sequence, because Jack Black is just like watching the movie and like yeah. playing the piano and like the software is like dictating what he's playing. And he's like, that is not how it works at all. Made him very angry. So I always think of that when I watch this film. He's like, I'm just riffing. And the computer's like, don't worry, bro. I got you. Yeah. So then we hear Kate Winslet's voiceover. She plays the lovely Iris. And she says, I have found almost everything written about love to be true. Shakespeare said, journeys end in lovers meeting. And, you know, she talks about how she's never really experienced anything like that. But she's always amazed by love's sheer power. She talks about how love is blind and that's something she knows to be true meanwhile we see jack black kissing a girl's hand as she leaves his recording studio cameron diaz shows up on screen aka amanda and Mm -hmm. edward burns aka ethan um iris talks about how love fades and for others love is simply lost and we see an old man in a nursing home or actually he's not in a nursing home is he yeah he's in his home i thought that he was at first (laughs) but he looks at this photo of his wife who's passed away then she says love can also be found even if just for the night Mm. and in a bar a guy looks at this girl and they're about to hook up then we cut to iris in real life she's at her work holiday party and she says and then there's the cruelest kind of love that almost kills its victims unrequited love of that i am an expert and i'm like same girl same so iris is wrapping a christmas gift at her desk and talking about how you know there are those of us that fall in love alone and how it's awful and how she's been in love with this man jasper for three miserable years the worst years of her life 
because she's cursed by loving a man who doesn't and won't love her back. So at this holiday party, she like goes over to her coworker and her coworker's like, oh, like, are you still shagging him? Like in reference to Jasper. Mm -hmm. And um, she's like, no, I was. I was in love with him. And then I found out he was sleeping with somebody else. So then I ended it. And she's like, but you guys always hang out. Like he cheated on you, but you're still friends. Bad, bad, bad. bad. So her coworker is like, did he ever even tell you that he loved you? She sounds like really awful, but in a film, she's more of just like um, a blunt gal. So Iris is like, yes, he did three, maybe four times. And I'm like, sweetheart, these love kernels. Okay. Mm -hmm. And when she reminded him like of that fact, he was like, oh, it must have been an answer to a question. But manipulation station. Jesus Christ. Her friend is like, you should shut that prick out of your life. And Iris is like, well, when he's not with, you know, his girlfriend, they still email and they talk on the phone and they occasionally have lunch. Bro, he is snaking his way into your life. Yeah, right out of the ground, just slithering on up. Just (laughs) making you think one thing and the next day, bada bing, bada boom. It's when you date someone or you talk to someone and then later like months later however long later Mm -hmm. they come up from nowhere and they're like hey how are you yes that that is it yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. just like long periods of slithering in after exactly six to eight months jesus usually somewhere around that point sometimes oh my god yeah that was like a, a very long standing trend when I was in college. I would like have something with somebody mm-hmm. and then he would ghost me. And then six months to a year later, hey, how are you doing? Or yeah. I'd get like a year later, apology. Yeah. There was one dude who like basically like every six months on the dot would get back to me until eventually I was like, why are you texting me? The other day, someone DM'd me who I haven't talked to in over a year maybe the several years they replied to one of my stories like oh my god this is so true by the way how are you uh i hope you're doing well this is <laughs> oh my god exactly wow I'll, I'll i'll leave it out for you thank you <laughs> but the point being jasper is bad news bears 100 percent yeah, while they're chatting, Iris's boss comes over and she's like, oh, Iris, like, have you filed your story? And Iris is like, oh, shoot, down to the wire. Let me go do that. So she goes off to her office and she's typing away when Jasper is like lingering in the door frame. Like a lanky little disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> so and- a little fucking piece of trash. <laughs> so he's like, oh, how does it feel to be like the only one committed to their work? La, la, la. She's like, oh, I never finished my work on time. They're like joking around, flirting. He then is like, oh, I I got you a Christmas gift. And she's like, oh, my God, I have one for you as well. (sighs) Pulls out this beautifully wrapped gift that she has thoughtfully purchased for this man. And he's like, oh, I mean, like, I I don't have it with me. I'm sure I got you something. It's probably in my car. Okay. He was definitely going to make some sort of a sexual joke, I feel like. Yes. And then Iris was like, oh, people are good. (laughs) Hey, me too. I got you a gift. So 
She tells him it's not a hot gift, but she thinks um, he'll like it. And she mentions how last year they didn't get to exchange gifts until March, and they're getting mm-hmm. better at it. No. I am reeling. Really, get out. Get out while you can. I'm reeling at how pathetic this is. And Jasper looks at the binding of the book that she got him. It's a first edition. She basically just mentions that she got the book at a bookstore that they had found together. She's like, I hate that we can never talk. I know he says that. He's like, Oh, does he? I hate we can never talk. And I'm like, You're manipulating her. You can't talk because you Because you have broke up with her. Yes, you're in a different relationship. Yeah. This man is bonkers. He's toxic. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And I'm also just like, Iris, why are you standing for this? Yeah. So then their boss asks for their attention. Yeah. So they go like back into the main like office lobby area and the boss is like, Oh, Iris. I have a tip for you. And she's like, ah, excellent. He's like, there's a wedding that no other paper knows about yet. And I want you to be the first to report on it. And she's like, great. And he's like, it's between two of our most esteemed colleagues. Sarah Smith and Jasper fuckface Bloom are engaged. They get up there. Everyone's applauding. Iris is absolutely heartbroken and just standing in the crowd while everybody's clapping. And Jasper and Sarah are like looking at the ring. Yes. Awful. Iris heads home on the train. She is not doing too hot. And mm-hmm. honestly, I got to say her cottage is cute, though. So it is. Iris, take pride in your cute little cottage. You have mm-hmm. a house. You're a homeowner. You have assets. You have a good job. Um, yes. But she immediately starts sobbing. Meanwhile, in L.A., we see this gorgeous, huge mansion. Gigantic. Ethan is sleeping on the couch when he is awoken by the gardener outside and he calls out for his girlfriend, Amanda. He goes upstairs and opens the door where she immediately throws a shoe at him. He tries to explain that like he didn't sleep with his receptionist, but Amanda is like, you are lying to my face, Mm -hmm. asks him to swear on her life, but he's like, come on, like that's ridiculous. I'm like, Uh. dude. You caught. Yeah. You caught. You are red-handed. Yeah. And she's like, see, this is why I knew we were smart to never get married. I knew deep down always that you would do something like this to me. And Ethan is like, we have had problems for like over a year and you won't talk about it. Yeah. He basically calls her a workaholic. He says he can't remember the last time they even had sex. And she is like, you definitely slept with your assistant. Get out of my home. You never loved me. You just love the idea you never loved me. <laughs> you just love the idea yeah, of me. me. Uh, sorry if you haven't seen that TikTok. So <laughs> she kicks him out and he's like, you always do this. You screw up every relationship. And he kind of goes on a thing about how she self-sabotages. And she goes to the balcony and is just like, what the hell are you saying? And he's like, I want to be with you, but you don't want to be what I need. Gag. <laughs> Uh, you, need, you need a mom to take care of you? Are you a yeah. freaking child? And she's like, you know what? I would never, under any circumstances, ever cheat on you. And he's like, me neither. Look at me. Like, I'm down here sweating like a pig. And look at you. You're the only woman on, like, the planet that breaks up with her boyfriend and doesn't even shed a tear. And apparently this is, like, a thing for her. Mm-hmm. She can't cry. And she's like, why is this such a big deal that I can't cry? And she's like, you know what? Listen, just be honest. Like, it's over. Put me on my misery and tell me, did you sleep with her? Yeah. And he's like, 
okay, fine. Yes, I have been sleeping with her. She's in love with me and she's young. Are you happy? Damn. And Amanda emerges from the front door of her house and says, did you just say, am I happy? (laughs) And he's like, you get me crazy sometimes. I don't, I say things that I don't mean. Amanda is like, cheating is always unacceptable. Everyone put that into your brain cells. Yes. Cheating is always unacceptable. Always unacceptable. So he's like, this isn't all me. Um, So when you're less mad, you'll see that too. And she clocks him in the face two times. Not one, but two times. Mm -hmm. So once Amanda's back inside her house, her assistant, played by Catherine Hahn, is like, is it a bad time? Amanda's like, no, I'm just like flipping out a little bit. And the assistant's like, okay, good. Well, Ben needs you. Mm-hmm. Drags her into the other room. This is when Amanda watches like this trailer for this movie that they are editing. And it's like Lindsay Lohan and James Franco. Insane. It's like a <laughs> secret agent like movie. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. But they watch the trailer and they're like, oh my God, like it finally looks like a hit. Yeah. Ben, who is like the co-editor, is John Krasinski. Yeah, she's like, yeah, that's why they pay me the big bucks. Like, we nailed it. It's done. Yes. So Amanda suggests they take a few weeks off work. And they're both like, what? Because it's incredibly out of character for her. She's Mm -hmm. like, I feel like I need some peace and quiet. And I want to be able to eat carbs without wanting to kill myself and read some books. And she talks about this article in the New York Times that says stress makes people look older quicker, which she goes on a whole tirade about. And she's Mm -hmm. just rambling about terrorists and feeling stressed and being (laughs) haggard. And she clearly needs a vacation. So Amanda goes over to her computer and is trying to Google, like, where to go alone on Christmas. She tries to, like, force herself to cry, trying to sob until it happens, but she can't get a tear going. So she's like, all right, moving on. She eventually lands a link this vacation rental website and decides to choose England because they speak Mm -hmm. English. And she initially clicks on Cotswolds, but the house that comes up looks like a house in the valley. Yeah. Not the vibe. Not the vibe. So she then clicks on Surrey and sees Iris's house and thinks that the description sounds delightful. Yes. She's intrigued. Meanwhile, in England, Iris sobs in her cottage and she makes some tea. And she's about to light the flame to, you know put the flame on the range um, stove. So she turns on the gas and instead of, you know, just putting the match down and lighting (laughs) the flame, she starts inhaling the gas, which is shocking to say the least. I did not expect a suicide attempt in this movie. And she hears a ring on her computer and she shuts the gas off and she immediately opens the window and she's like breathing in the fresh air. And she's like, low point, low point. I'm like, girl, you need to see a therapist. Yep. So anyway, she um, looks at her computer and it's Amanda contacting her about her house. And she tells Amanda that her house is only open for home exchanges. Like they switch houses, cars, everything. And Amanda agrees. And she says she lives in L.A. Iris is thrilled to be somewhere far, far away from her right now. Miserable life. Yeah, so Iris introduces herself. She's like, I am very normal. I'm a neat freak, healthy, non-smoker. She starts to tear up again. Single. 
Amanda introduces herself as well. And Amanda's like, you know, I must say your house looks idyllic. I think it's just what I need. Mm-hmm. That I just want to know one thing. Are there any men in your town? And Iris is like, honestly, zero. And Amanda's like, I'm in. Is tomorrow too soon? Yeah. And Iris is like, tomorrow's perfect. So they agree that they're on for two weeks starting tomorrow. Pack their bags and head on out. Ugh, I wish that were me. I would I love know, a dude. new environment right now. Yeah, I'm definitely going stir crazy for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but we get some nice airport shots coming up. So Iris sits down Mm -hmm. in her seat. She sees a cute guy about to sit down in the seat next to her. And she says hi when the guy's wife or girlfriend comes up Mm -hmm. and is like, Speedy, um, we're in the next row. So Iris gets stuck between two older ladies and Mm -hmm. she gets a text as the plane's about to take off from Jasper, saying he's shocked she actually um, decided to take a vacation and asks how he can reach her. And Iris is like, Jasper, we both know I need to fall out of love with you. Mm -hmm. It would be great if you would let me try. Send. I love it. Delete his number. Block him. Just block him. If you've ever had doubts about a guy, my biggest biggest tip is to delete the number i don't usually block but i will delete a number if i'm fed up with someone i saw a tiktok the other day and it was like my number one dating tip if you are interested in men if you ever catch yourself writing a text to him in your notes app he's not the one for you and i was like damn i've done that so many times yikes (laughs) i thought you're gonna say um i would do this when i was like dating if i call Mm -hmm. myself texting a guy too much i delete their number and be like now Mm. they have to text me or else we'll never speak again yeah smart but yeah iris is taking control she sends this text meanwhile amanda is in first class in one of those like lounge oh my god it's so chairs so luxurious she pulls down like her eye mask to go to sleep Mm -hmm. but all her brain can do is like imagine a movie trailer of her life and it's like amanda woods had it all (laughs) the job the guy what about whatever i don't remember what they say but yeah that's all she can hear in her head yes back in california there's a pan over just the gorgeous beach in la well, actually, I don't know why I said L.A. I don't know where her house is. Is she near the beach? Amanda, She's she lives in L.A. Okay. Because they pan over the yeah. beach, but I'm like, you can't go to the beach in L.A. You have to drive to the shore. Yeah. Because, like, my brother used to live – when my brother lived in L.A., he lived, like, near the airport, and there's, like, not beaches around yeah. LAX. I don't know why they pan over that, but yeah. whatever. So we're, you know, in California yeah. now. Yeah. And Iris sticks her hat out of the cab window. She is – Breathing in the West Coast air, she sees palms and houses and plants, and she's feeling kind of good right now. Meanwhile, in England, Amanda is in a car on her way to Iris's cottage when the car like stops outside of a graveyard, <laughs> and Amanda wakes up from her nap, and she's like, this simply, this can't be it. And the driver is like, no, it's actually like just down this lane here. I just, it's so narrow, like I won't be able to turn the car around on the other side. Do you think you can make it from here? And she's like, No. Cut to her walking in the snow in her heels with her giant suitcases. Yes. For like probably like a mile, mile and a half. She needed that walk. Yeah. She needs some sense knocked into her. I agree. Um, So she finally makes it to the cottage and is breathing a sigh of relief. Yes. 
at Amanda's house, Iris is absolutely shocked when she arrives. It's a gorgeous, gigantic mansion. So, you know, who wouldn't mm-hmm. be happy? Mm-hmm. Amazing, amazing turnout for um, a house exchange website where you didn't know yeah. anything. Yeah. Stranger danger. Do be careful if you ever do this. Yeah, for real. I yeah. don't think this is for me, but. Yeah. So she checks out the pool, the kitchen, the huge array of DVDs, a home gym, a giant king-sized bed. She's ecstatic. She's having a great time. Yeah. So Amanda is, you know, unpacking. She's looking around Iris's place and she's like, okay, now what? So she gets into Iris's little Mini Cooper and is extremely freaked out about driving on the opposite side of the road. Almost hits a truck. Yeah, it's pretty Almost wild. hits a, a cyclist. Thankfully, she makes it to the grocery store. And there she like picks up a bunch of like food. She's drinking a bottle of wine, just walking around. Is that allowed? No, definitely. Yeah, the cashier no. doesn't say a thing to her. Yeah, I was also I was watching this movie with my friend like a week ago and he was like is she about to go and like drive now after she's drinking this wine? And I was like, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. There's some holes here. That's not here. safe. Yeah. Don't drink and drive. But when she's checking out the grocery store, the cashier is like, oh, someone's having a party tonight. And she's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure. So Amanda starts snacking, drinking, and just watching TV in bed. Um, she sees the trailer she cut and is like, hell yeah. That's why they pay me the big bucks. So she heads downstairs to go warm up by the fireplace because it's getting a bit chilly. And she looks at all the books in Iris's house. Uh, she sings along to some Mr. Brightside. Uh, the thing, I I don't understand what the American fascination is with Mr. Brightside. Because when I moved to America, I feel like every time the song came on, everyone would like scream and rip their hair out and like throw a TV out the window and just like I don't know I freak think out every time the song comes on I don't it's understand just like a it. huge nostalgic song because I feel like it's been in a lot of movies and it does have a really good like party vibe mm-hmm. like it's good to like jump around too yeah but yeah yeah I remember somebody somebody sang it at Alligator Lounge which is like a karaoke bar that we used to go to a lot was it when, it was, when bars um, were open. Charlie, wasn't it? Was it Charlie that sang it? I think it I was because I think that's his like go-to karaoke song. Yeah, I just remember somebody sang it and everyone in the bar was like freaking out. I mean, it's an enjoyable song. I, just, I don't know. Yeah, I got you. It's very interesting. But yeah, so she has a little sing-along party and she tries to like read a little bit on the couch, but she's just really bored. She gets into like a staring contest with the dog mm-hmm. and she's like, okay, that's it. Goes upstairs and starts repacking her suitcase. Yeah, she's like, gotta get out. Bye-bye. Back in California, Iris does some laps in the pool. Uh, I wish I was Iris right now. I know. So she um, browses Amanda's DVD collection. Um, she takes one out, and there are so many players, she doesn't even know which one to use. So she's like, okay. Mm. Suddenly, she hears the front gate ringing, and who else would it be but Jack Black? He rolls up in a convertible, and in the movie, his name is Miles. So Miles introduces himself to Iris. He's like, I work with Ethan, um, Amanda's ex. When will Amanda be back? I just have to pick up a couple of things. And then suddenly, like, this crazy wind picks up, and Iris gets something blown into her eye, and Miles is like, oh, let me help you. It's right in your eyelash. Can I get it? She's like, yeah, of course. Helps her out. 
And he's like, oh, yeah, these winds are called the Santa Anas. And when they blow, like, legend says that all bets are off. Like, anything can happen. Who knows? And she's like, oh, my God, thank you for helping me get this debris out of my eye. Um, (laughs) What did you need to pick up again? And Miles is like, oh, Ethan's laptop. Like, I'm a film composer just like him. We work together. Iris is like, oh, like, did you compose this? Because there's, like, music playing from his convertible. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I did. And she's like, it's beautiful. He's like, no, I'm joking. It's actually um, Ennio Morricone, who's, like, a very famous composer. So Miles introduces the other woman in the car, Maggie, and then they drive off together. And the winds start to blow again. And he's like, don't blow away. And as that's happening, there's also an old man walking by who shares a look with Iris mm. and the Santa Ana winds blow. And I'm just reminded of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend because yeah. there was an episode all about the Santa Ana winds and mm-hmm. the fucking crazy crap that can happen when they blow. I think yeah. it's just like what actually happens is like the pollen in the air increases. And everyone just goes crazy. I fucking crazy. <laughs> I think it has – it's like something about the winds causes like different plants and stuff – I don't know, y'all. Mm. I just want to experience the Santa Ana winds. I want them to drive yeah. me insane. Yeah, I had no idea what they were until that crazy ex-girlfriend episode. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, this is a real thing. This is not yeah, just it's real. comedy. Yeah. I also thought it was, I was like, what is yeah. this weird fucking plot <laughs> that they're trying to pull off right now? Yeah. So then, you know, Iris has some major jet lag. So she gets into Amanda's bed and sees this button that, like, causes all of the curtains to just automatically shut. Mm -hmm. I'm like, wow. To be so wealthy. Back in England, Amanda's in bed, but she can't sleep, and she hears a loud knock at the door. So she asks who it is. It's not Jasper. And here's where I realize that Graham is another character. I was very confused. (laughs) The photos on IMDb are so small. It's fine. So... Um, Graham realizes he's much drunker than he thought, and he asks Amanda if he can come in. He's Iris' brother. So he goes to use the restroom, and he's like, where's Iris? And Amanda explains that she's in L.A. Iris listed the cottage on a home exchange, and they switched places for two weeks. Then Graham realizes that that's why Iris tried to call him yesterday, and he feels like an idiot, and he sits down. Yeah, so Amanda's like, are you all right? Like, you seem a little tips. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, like, it might not seem like it, but I am Iris's semi-respectable big brother. And, you know, normally when he gets drunk at the pub, Iris will let him stay over so that he doesn't drive home. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Graham starts to ask Amanda, like, how her holiday is going, like, before he showed up. And she's like, um, not so great. I'm actually leaving tomorrow on a noon plane. And he's like, oh, when'd you get here? And she's like, six hours ago. Damn. She's like, you know, it is, I came here on a whim. Like, it's so unlike me to do this. Like, I don't usually do things without thinking. I'm just not really myself right now. She then asks him if, like, he wants anything to drink, like water, wine. And he's like, I think there's a bottle of brandy over there. Oh, so my Amanda God. goes to retrieve it. Yes. So Graham asks her if she's married and Amanda's like, no. He says he isn't either. So he asks her if he could stay, and she's like, yeah, totally, it's fine. And he asks why she isn't herself, and she's like, well, yesterday I broke up with my boyfriend, and I'm like, wow, 
this movie started like 24 hours ago. It's very quick. Yep. So yep. she's like, I didn't want to be alone on the holidays, so I wanted to go somewhere else. But of course, now I feel alone. I bet you're glad you knocked on this door because she is airing all of her laundry. He's like, I am. Yeah. And yeah. Amanda's like, good night. And he kisses her on the lips. And they're both like, oh, oh my God. God. So she asks him to try that again. And Amanda's like, I feel really weird kissing a total stranger. But she leans in again for another kiss. And she says, you know, like, maybe I should try closing my eyes. And I'm just like, Graham is so hot. He's so sexy. I feel like we we glazed over it and didn't emphasize it on his entrance yeah but jude law is so hot in this movie just incredible 10 out of 10 yeah gorgeous man so they like kiss again and amanda's like you know since you're kind of drunk and you probably won't remember it anyways and i'm leaving tomorrow i think that we should have sex if you want to <laughs> and he's like pardon me and she's like you know it's exciting like the idea of hooking up with a stranger that like i'll never Ooh. see again things get steamy like they start making out He's like, you're the most interesting girl I've ever met. And then um, she's like, by the way, like before we do this, I should just let you know that like I'm not very good at sex. And he's like, what? That that simply can't be true. And she's like, no, like my ex-boyfriend mentioned it a couple of times. And I'm like, trash, man. Yeah. But he's like, well, how do you feel about foreplay? And she's like, I think it's significantly overrated. And I'm like you guys are probably bad at sex. You guys. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe her ex-boyfriend was right. Yeah. Maybe um, he was also bad. So. Yeah. So, you know, they deserve each other. Yeah. And then, you know, she beckons him to the bedroom. Exactly. So the morning after Amanda comes downstairs to make coffee, she's fiddling with the coffee machine when Graham comes downstairs and puts on his glasses. Oh, he looks so good. (laughs) Props to wardrobe for um, doing that. Amazing frames. Mm -hmm. And he's like, you know, let me help you with the coffee machine. The only problem was that it was not plugged into the wall. Classic. He rectifies that. (laughs) And he starts to talk, but she's like, dude, you don't even have to worry. Great meeting you. And he's like, for the record, your ex was extremely mistaken. And she's like, you were drunk. He was like, wasn't that drunk. It's very, mm-hmm. He's being very endearing. He's being very cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Graham's phone rings and Amanda sees that it's a girl named Sophie calling. And Graham is like, oh, I'll call her back. Meanwhile, Amanda looks for the coffee cups and then Graham hands her one. He's like, oh, I should be going, like have to get back. And she's like, oh, yeah, me too. Got to get to the airport. And he's like, you know, I... I know that you're leaving and not trying to get involved, but, you know, things in my life are just really complicated. And even if you were staying, you really wouldn't want me. And she's like, we don't need to do this. Like, Mm -hmm. we don't even know each other. And he's like, I just want to assure you that you're better off. And she's like, okay. And he's like, you know, I tend to hurt women just by being myself. Red flag, number one. (laughs) very weird thing to say but okay Mm -hmm. um so she cuts him off and she's like i promise i'm not going to fall in love with you and he's like thank you and she's like no i just don't think i fall in love and graham is like you're the most interesting girl and starts to head out and he's like you probably will not hear from me especially because you know you don't want to etc yammering on 
he then says, but what if he wanted to call her? And she's like, oh. <laughs> yeah. So he's like, well, if for some reason you're still here tonight, I'll be at the pub. And um, if not, then you're lovely. And he heads out the door. Yeah. So Amanda goes to the airport. She's giving the man her boarding pass, having her luggage checked. And a trailer once again plays in her head. It's like, Amanda Woods. What are you afraid of? Are you ready for love? Then the security guy is like, ma'am, your back is ready and snaps her back into reality. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, back in sunny LA, Iris wakes up in the morning. She turns on some music. She's like dancing around in the bed. The vibes are great. She's feeling good. And who decides to ruin it all but (laughs) Jasper Bloom? Uh, He gives her a call asking how she's doing. And she starts to answer, and then he's like, oh, you know, I'm just having a bunch of issues with this section of my book right now. Like, Gag I really need some help. You're the only one. I need I need some Iris magic. I hate this man. And then he also mentions, like, something about her, like, have you been swimming? Like, are you wearing that little red bikini that unties in the back? And she's like, I can't believe you remember that. And then she starts, like, reminiscing, and he's like, Oh, blah, 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 darling, I'm going to Soho House, like, to his fiance. Yeah. And he's like, oh, so I'm going to send you some of those pages then. Talk to you later. Bye. And Iris is like, right, cool, 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 uh. um, Shuts the curtains and then goes back to sleep. And I'm like, you ruined this wonderful woman's morning. For what? For what? So back in England, Graham arrives at the pub and he looks around for Amanda, but she's nowhere to be found. So he sits down with his friends and notices someone across the room it's amanda i yeah. really like this moment i just thought it was so sweet <laughs> she was like bitch i came for a vacation but i am staying for the sexcation and you know what i respect it i respect the hell out of it so back in california <laughs> iris is driving around when she notices the old man from the other day when the santa anna winds were blowing okay mm. He looks a bit lost, so she pulls over, and she's like, hey, can I offer you a lift home? And he's like, you know where I live? And she's like, yeah, I think I do. And he's like, that's great, because that makes one of us. And he gets into the car. Sweet, sweet man. So his name is Arthur. He starts telling her about how he's lived in this neighborhood for 47 years, and Back then, there were only six houses on this block, and that's how he got lost. Like, he didn't recognize a new house that had just been built. Mm -hmm. He then asks where in England she's from, and she's like, Surrey. And he's like, oh, Cary Grant was from Surrey. She's like, that's right. How did you know? And he's like, he told me once. And she's like, what? Cary Grant? Oh, my God. So Iris helps him out of the car, and he's like, boy, this was some meat cute. And she's like what's a meet cute and he gives this delightful example he's like you're watching a movie a man and a woman both go to the same pajama department at a store and the woman says i only need tops i just need tops and the man says i only need bottoms just bottoms they look at each other and that's the meet cute oh adorable delightful so iris asked if he was in the film business and he was he was a writer He needs help um, unlocking his door when he gets back, and Iris helps him out with that as well. And she looks around for a moment. It's like a total pigsty, but there are lots of awards, including an Oscar. Just like chilling in the window. Yeah, like literally. So she returns his keys and says goodbye. She enjoyed their meet cute. 
And as she's leaving, she decides, you know, to turn around and she's like, I just got here. I don't know anyone, but maybe if you're not too busy, you would like to join me for dinner. Oh, lovely. Very cute. Yeah, because, like, all he had in, like, his living room was, like, that chair with the little tray table, like, dinner for one. Yeah, he seems like like a perfectly nice and sweet older man, but he just doesn't have anyone, you know, no one to hang out with right now. Yeah. So they go to dinner, you know, Arthur is telling Iris about, like, his first job in the business Mm -hmm. and, like, the good old days of Hollywood, like, all these amazing stories. And he's saying there and he's like, you know what I've been asking myself all night? Why a beautiful girl like you would go to a stranger's house for Christmas vacation and spend Saturday night with an old man like me? And Iris is like, well, I just wanted to get away from all the regular people I see every day. One man in particular. Mm-hmm. And then she gets mm-hmm. really emotional and starts crying. And she's like, my ex who got engaged and forgot to tell me. Oh, my God. Awful. And Arthur's like, oh, so he's a schmuck. He let you go. This is not hard to figure out. In the movies, we have the leading ladies and we have the best friend. I can tell you're a leading lady, but you're acting like the best friend. And then he says, I ain't never seen too pretty best friend. <laughs> I'm kidding. So Iris is like, you're right. Um, you're supposed to be the leading lady of your own life. And she says she's been going to therapy for three years, but she's never been explained anything as well as he has. So, yeah, I love this scene so much. I think it's so lovely. Yeah, they're just having a kind dinner. Like, it's not hard for her to hang out with Arthur. I think that character is very likable and just Mm -hmm. two, like, lost souls that end up Mm -hmm. being able to form a great friendship it's not like she feels pity for him or anything like that i don't get that at all yeah and like i know that the whole like i'm the main character like thing is like a thing with like youths on tiktok now but i do think like i love this the sentiment of like you should be the leading lady of your own life i feel like that's something that i i really like that sentiment yeah i think it's just like a testament to um kind of having confidence in what you're doing Mm -hmm. yeah totally So then back in England, Amanda (laughs) comes downstairs. She's like super hungover from the night before. She's like all fuzzy, doesn't remember anything. She notices like her bra is like sitting on the kitchen table and is mortified. Graham is like, that was not my doing. That was all you. And she's like, so I guess like we, you know, and he's like, no, we didn't. And she's like, oh, thank God. Like. No offense, but, like, thank God. Just out of curiosity, like, why didn't we um, have sex? And he's like, call me old-fashioned, but I don't have sex with women who are unconscious. Yeah. We love uh, consensual king. And by king, I mean the doing the bare minimum. Um, doing li- literally. Yeah. Literally don't um, assault someone. We're literally like, oh, my God, he didn't rape her. Are he you didn't kidding me? her. Wow. Oh, my God. Goals. <laughs> relationship goals. the bar is so low guys the bar is so low imagine um, yeah and she asked like why he stayed if they didn't have sex and he's like because you asked me to oh and um he says that from the moment that he's met her it's been an adventure uh, amanda apologizes and she sees his phone go off it's olivia and she looks at him 
on the phone while he's outside. Um, he took the phone call. And Amanda's kind of just like, Sophie, Olivia, Amanda, busy guy. So he comes back in and suggests they head into town to get some lunch and get to know each other. So she does agree, you know, despite mm-hmm. any reservations. And they drive into town. In the car, they share a cute little glance. It's really cute mm-hmm. to me. <laughs> well, my thought was like, keep your eyes on the road, pal. <laughs> Safety first. Um, so they go to lunch, you know. Amanda's like asking him a ton of questions. Graham is a book editor. She's like, Oh, like, what did you study in school? Did you always want to be in the industry? Like, tell mm-hmm. me about your parents. Da, 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 da. And he's like, I feel like I'm at a job interview. And she's like, Sorry, like I haven't been on a first date in a really long time. And he's like, Well, since we have already had sex and slept together twice, I think we can bend the rules a little bit. And she's like, Okay, I'll just I'll try to be myself. So Graham talks a little bit about like how his family, they're all in like the writing publishing world. And um, then he asks her about herself. And she says that she owns a company that does movie advertising. Normally, she doesn't tell guys that she owns the company because they get really intimidated. But since he was raised by a strong working mother, he can handle it. She tells him her parents are divorced and she's an only child that they used to call themselves the Three Musketeers. Really cute, but Mm -hmm. um, it was traumatic and unexpected. She toughened up after that and hasn't cried since. And he's like, you haven't cried since you were 15. But Amanda changes the subject. And Graham says that he cries all the time. They have some banter and just are chatting and flirting. It's very, very sweet. And Mm. um, they go strolling around some gardens after their lunch and they're just joking and like yeah he's like picking her up and doing all that sort of stuff i'm like wow romance remember romance i don't (laughs) that's for sure imagine (laughs) oh boy so then after their date graham goes to drop her off and she's like oh you don't have to walk me to the door like it's freezing outside it's fine and he's like you can just say that you don't want me to come inside. And she's like, no, 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 like, it's not that. I'm just really tired and I'm going to, like, take a nap. And he kind of, like, looks at her and she's like, you know, I'm leaving in nine days and I can't really handle complicated right now. And he's just like, okay. And she also kisses him and is like, oh, that isn't complicated. And she says sex, whether it's being had or not, makes everything complicated which is why it's usually better to have it, is his response. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And he's like, well, don't worry about me tomorrow because I'll be off to work. And she says they'll see each other soon and goes inside. And he's super smitten. Mm -hmm. You can tell he just like counting down the seconds to see her again. So then back in California, Miles shows up at Iris's place. He's like, hey, I found this FedEx package leaning against your gate. It's the pages from Jasper. Boo. He also sent them with no note. No, like, thank you. Yeah. And, um, you know, Miles hears some, like, laughter coming from the kitchen. He's like, oh, like, do you have company? And she's like, yeah, I'm having, like, a little Hanukkah party. And he's like, did you go to the temple since the last time I saw you? Because she's not Jewish. And she's like, oh, no, like, my neighbor wanted to introduce me to some of his friends. And then it turned into a Hanukkah thing. Iris asks Miles if he wants to stay. And he's like, absolutely. So they're all drinking. They're laughing, having Mm -hmm. this great dinner. Arthur's friends are also all like old Hollywood men. 
They're talking about the good old days. You know, Miles asks Arthur if he was a ladies' man. And um, Arthur is like, oh, no, I got married very young. And his friends are like, yeah, that's because Marilyn was the best girl in town. So he had to take her off the market. And, you know, Arthur is talking about his late wife and says that she had real gumption. And she was the girl that he always wrote, which is Um, so sweet. Yeah, they ask Miles next. And he's like... I'm a one-woman type of guy. He tells them he's actually dating an actress right now, but he has no idea what she sees in him. And Iris asks, you know, like, what she's been in. And Miles is like, she hasn't been in anything big yet, but she is working on it. So they ask where she is, and he says that she's on location filming in New Mexico. And they say it's her loss, their gain. And Arthur tells the group that they should leave the young ones alone and go back to their bedpans. So after the old men have left, you know, Iris and Miles are chatting and Iris is packing him up some leftovers and Miles is just like gushing about the night and how like amazing Arthur is and how he's like this huge legend. Apparently he added the kid to Here's Looking at You Kid in Casablanca. And Iris tells Miles about this like really long list of movies that Arthur gave her to watch. And Miles is like, oh, like we should watch one together sometime. And she's like, I would love to. The sparks are flying. So they get to the door, and Miles is saying goodbye. He kisses her on the cheek, as adults do, and he's Mm. like, I'll call you. He just thanks her for the night and the macaroons, (laughs) and then kisses her a second time, and then it's really awkward. And he's like, I didn't mean to kiss you twice. They linger a bit on the second kiss, and Miles goes outside and remarks about the crazy Santa Ana winds again. Mm. And this time Iris is like, don't blow away. Oh, it's just like, it's so charming. It it's is. so like delightful. It's There's nothing like tumultuous or like dramatic about their connection. It's just like two people that like yeah. really get a thing together. I really, really like this storyline. Yeah. Back in the UK, Amanda is laying down in... Iris's gorgeous standing tub, mm-hmm. I love. And, you know, she's thinking about what she, what she said to Graham and, like, another trailer plays in her head. And it's like, Amanda pushed every guy away every time. <laughs> it's not, will she ever change, but does she want to? And she's like, enough, enough. Yeah. So she gets in the car and drives her ass over to Graham's house, rings the doorbell. He answers and he's, like, shocked to see her. Yeah. Amanda's like... I was thinking about it, and I'm really sorry that I didn't invite you in. I don't know what that was about, but a little complication never hurt anyone, and maybe it's not that complicated. Like, maybe we can work something out. And then she hears, like, clanging dishes Mm -hmm. inside, and she's like, oh, you're not alone, are you? And he's like, no. So Amanda apologizes again, and a little girl walks out. That's right. (laughs) Graham is a father, okay? Makes sense now. He's a daddy. Very attractive yeah. father. Okay. Very attractive mm-hmm. young dad. So. Yes. <laughs> it's Graham's daughter, Sophie, and he introduces her to Amanda. And Sophie invites her in. And then his other daughter, Olivia, comes out. And the gals both invite Amanda in. She's definitely a bit shook, but, you know, she decides to come in. And Olivia asks for hot chocolate with marshmallows. Sophie says that um, Graham should take Amanda's coat. Yeah, she's like, Dad, take her coat. It's very cute. cute. 
And one of the girls says she looks like her Barbie doll. And they ask the food that she... (laughs) She asks if the food that she brought is for them. And they go, like, parse through the bag by the Christmas tree. And Amanda and Graham talk amongst themselves. This is when he reveals to her that his wife passed away two years ago. And then after they reveal what's actually happening, he's like, okay... Who wants hot chocolate? Yeah, so they all go into the kitchen. Graham serves up the hot chocolate. Amanda takes a sip and gets a little foam mustache. The girls are laughing. Mm-hmm. It's very cute. And Olivia goes over to Graham and sits on his lap. And she's like, blow on mine, daddy. Aww. And then they're like, dad, dad, do Mr. Napkin head. And he's like, I'm not going to do Mr. Napkin head. Like, come, come on. Girls. <laughs> they're like, do it. They're like, Amanda, it's so funny. You'll fall off your chair laughing. It's so funny. And he agrees to do Mr. Napkin head. So he puts like Pretty a napkin wild. on his face with his glasses on on top. And he's like, hello, I'm Mr. Napkin head. And like pretends to like smoke a pipe that's like it's, it's a, spoon. a spoon. Yeah. Yeah. The daughters love it. It's very funny. It's very cute. This is when I felt my like biological instinct. Cause like, as I've said before, I'm not a kid's gal. Yeah. But watching him do this, I was like, oh my God. Like, it's so attractive. He's such a good dad. Yeah. Yeah. So then Sophie is like, Amanda, we have a tent in our playroom. Would you like to see it? And Graham is like, no, like Amanda's not going to crawl into your tent. And they're like, please, please. And she was like, of course, I would love to. Yeah. So they head on in to check out the tent. And guys, this tent is oh honestly my God. so it cute. Is, it's gorgeous. It's like this beautiful white little teepee style tent with um Mm -hmm. tons of pillows and it's so cute i would have died to have that in my room as a kid yeah there's like little like stars hanging yeah and amanda's like who cut out all these beautiful stars and the girls are like we did we did three musketeers (laughs) and graham reaches to hold amanda's hand and olivia says amanda smells nice she wants perfume but her dad won't let her have any and i'm like (laughs) <laughs> oh my god, these children are angels. I can't believe the tragedy that has occurred in your life at this yeah. young age. They're so well-behaved yeah. kids. Delightful children. I'm like totally shocked. And they, um, yeah. the older one too, she like speaks like she's a, a grown-up. It's just really cute. Yeah, and their accents are adorable, especially oh, like yeah. the younger one. She's like, Amanda, you look like my Barbie. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, oh my gosh. So Sophie asks if she wanted to sleep here, they could push their beds together. And Amanda's like, maybe another time. And the girls say they never have grown-ups here that are girls, but they really like it. Yeah. So cute. They're just happy to have her. I really like it. (laughs) So clearly Graham is not the ladies' man. Yeah. That she had thought. Mm-hmm. After the girls have gone to bed, Amanda's like looking around the study when Graham comes in and he's like, I can't imagine anyone being a bigger hit with my kids. Like, they loved you. And she's like, they're really wonderful children. And he's like, you know, Sophie's taken on the role of my protector and Olivia's a real ball buster. And Amanda says, you know, she's confused as to why he didn't tell her because like he's the one that wanted them to go to lunch to get to know each other yeah and he's like i know like i don't have any defense except for that it's really complicated like i'm a full-time dad i'm a working father and a mother 
And, you know, I read parenting books and cookbooks before I go to sleep. Like, I'm learning how to sew and I, like, buy tutus. Yeah, he just has all these rules and it helps for him to compartmentalize his life. And he doesn't know how to date and do this. He's afraid of bringing someone new into their family. Mm -hmm. And Amanda's like, I know I'm leaving in a week. And I'm just someone um, that you had sex with once and slept with twice. And Graham is like, I thought I was someone you had sex with once and slept with twice. Mm -hmm. Um, And he just talks about how they're worlds apart. He's a cow in the backyard. It's hard Mm -hmm. to relate to. Yeah. And he's like, I thought it would be hard to introduce them to somebody that he'd never see again. Yeah. Which makes sense. I think that makes total sense. And then back in L.A., Iris goes over to Arthur's house. She's helping him sort through his mail when she finds a letter from the Writers Guild of America. And he's like, oh, give it here. Throws it out immediately. So he asks if she's been watching his movie recommendations. And, you know, they talk about Irene Dunn and how she has gumption. Iris then is like, so about that letter, what's the deal? And Arthur's like, I don't know. They want to do some sort of tribute to me, like a night with me. And it sounds awful. And she's like, what are you talking about? That sounds great. And he's like, I don't want to walk up on that stage with a walker looking 100 years old in a room of 11 people. So Iris opens the letter and reads it out loud. She's like, this is a big deal. And she says, you know, with a little exercise... He could walk out there alone and maybe he could take her as his date. So he says he would proudly take her, but he's not going. Besides, how would you get me into shape? Bada well. bing, bada boom, okay? Next montage is Arthur's training boot camp. Yeah. He is doing some, um, he's walking through the pool. He is, you know, reaching for his walker and Irish is just pushing it a little bit further mm. out of the way. And he's getting stronger. He's moving yeah. through it. He's get, He's doing his mm-hmm. laps, you know? He's putting the hours in. He's putting in the work. So that afternoon, Iris gets a call from Graham, and they're just catching up. She's like, oh, I've met someone. He's like, oh, tell me all about him. She's like, well, we have fantastic conversations. I feel amazing when I'm with him, and he's 90 years old. <laughs> and she's like, oh, like, you should pop around to my place and meet Amanda. And he's like, oh, I have, actually. Ay, ay, ay. Right then, Iris gets another call, so she puts him on hold. And it's Amanda calling Iris, and, you know, she's like, oh, like, can I just call you back really quick? Like, my brother's on the other line. And she's like, oh, Graham. Yeah, we met. How <laughs> is he? And she's like, oh, uh, I don't know. Do you want me to find out? And Amanda's like, uh, sure. So Iris goes back on the phone with Graham and she's like, oh, that's actually Amanda calling. And he's like, how is she? Like, how did she sound? Yeah. She's like, she just asked about you. And he's like, find out how she is. Let me know. Like, I'll stay on hold. So she's like, okay. Gets back on the phone with Amanda and she's like, Graham's good. He asked how you are. And she's like, oh, like, tell him that I'm like, you know, just walking Charlie in the village and whatever. (laughs) And whatever. Yeah. So Iris asks her, you know, to hold on and switches back to Graham. And she's like, I cannot believe you had sex with the woman staying in my house. (laughs) It is still Amanda on the line. (laughs) Yeah. Iris apologizes and asks her to hold again. And she switches the phone back and she tells off Graham for sleeping with Amanda when she explicitly told her there were no men in her town. It is still Amanda on the line. Yeah. So she gets a call. So she switches over to the phone, and it's actually Miles. 
He asks her what she's doing for Christmas Eve and tells her that he's going to the video store and asks if she would like to come along and um, join him. So they go to Blockbuster. Oh, remember those days? The good old days. (laughs) You know, she's browsing all the DVDs. He shows up with a little um, coffee bean ice blended drink. I was a big fan of coffee bean, which is like more of a thing on the West Coast, but we have it in Singapore as well. It's like Starbucks, essentially. Oh, gotcha. But they're like ice blended drinks are really good. And um, he tells her that she looks great. And she's like, yeah, thanks. I've been working out with Arthur. And he like laughs at the thought of her working out with this 90-year-old man. And she's like, well, the workout isn't amazing, but the conversations are great. And, um, you know, Miles is making jokes about all the movies. He, like, picks them up and he's like, oh, like, this soundtrack. He's He looks at, like, Chariots of Fire, like, Jaws, Driving Miss Daisy, which was scored by Hans Zimmer, who scored this film. Yeah. So that was a nice little Easter egg. But, yeah, he's just, like, singing the scores out loud. I think when they get to Gone with the Wind, he's like, da 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 are you embarrassed by this game I've started to play? And she is like laughing. She's having a good time, yeah. even if it's a little bit wild. Yeah. This is really similar to, um, I just thought of like Phil doing this in yeah. in a video store because he he do be singing loudly and mm. embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> but it's very <laughs> endearing. Okay. Yes, it's very charming. So he does um, The Graduate. And turns out Dustin Hoffman is right across the (laughs) aisle. And he's just like, I can't go anywhere. Then in the middle of their game, Miles looks out the window and sees Maggie, the girl he's been dating, with some other guy. Ugh, ouch. So he does confront her. He, like, goes and runs out. And he's like, hey, what the heck? And from inside, Iris just sees him totally get rejected by this chick. Can't trust anybody. He cannot. Zero people. Yeah, when I um, asked my friend to watch this with me, he was like, I don't like romantic comedies. I think it's because they're all about cheating. And I was like, no, they're not. And then we start watching this movie and I was like, damn, there is so much cheating in this movie. I really forgot how much cheating happens. So then we see Miles and Iris back at her place after this horrible confrontation. And Miles is like, why do I always fall for the bad girl? Like, why am I attracted to a person who I know isn't good? And Iris says... Because you're hoping that you're wrong, and every time she does something that's no good, you ignore it, and every time she comes through and surprises you, she wins you over, and you lose that argument with yourself that she's not for you. And I'm like, damn, Iris is spitting some facts right now, some cold, hard truth. Yeah. Miles said that Maggie said she finished in Santa Fe after only two days and has been staying with that guy in town ever since. So when they talked this morning, and she was like, I'm looking out the window and it's snowing. She was in Santa Monica. Oh, how awful. Horrible. Just like, I really don't understand. Like, well, just break up with yeah, the person. Yeah, just break up with him. Well, I thought I got the vibe that she might be using him um, to get into mm. better movies and stuff. Yeah. But that's very possible. It's like, if you're not into it, just let the person know. It, like, it sounds awful yeah. and horrible to string them along like that. Like, what kind of yeah. twisted fucked up person would do that yeah i really don't understand it so miles tells her that he also sent maggie's christmas present to santa fe and he says he doesn't want to ruin iris christmas eve you know with all of his drama but iris is like no Mm -hmm. i like the company and she says that she actually knows how he feels and she starts talking about jasper Mm -hmm. 
and says that she understands feeling as small and insignificant as possible and how much it hurts. And it doesn't matter what you do because no matter what, every night you just keep going over every detail of how you could have misunderstood or how you could have thought that you were that happy. And you can even convince yourself that he'll come through at the end of the day. But after all that, you'll go somewhere new and meet new people who make you feel worthwhile again. And all those wasted years will begin to fade. Wow. Yeah. So Miles is like, fuck, you need this drink more than I do. And he asks if this is the guy that sent the pages for his novel. So he stays in touch, making it impossible for Iris to get over him, which is great for him, but sucks for Iris. I don't know why I paraphrase that, but that's what he (laughs) says to Iris. Yeah. So... Miles gets up and he's like, all right, I'm making dinner. We're going to have a fire on the patio, drink some champagne and celebrate being young and alive. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you're fucking killing it, my man. Just yeah. Keeping yourself. Absolutely. So Iris hugs him and says he's an incredibly decent man. And he says that that's always been his problem. I'm like, Miles, I would date you in a heartbeat. Even though like Jude Law is so hot, like if I was in this movie, I would want to date Miles. Yeah. 100%. Me too. So then we see like a little montage of everybody like kind of getting on with their holidays. You know, Amanda is trying to like produce some tears mm-hmm. while she's walking on the hillside. Very hard to watch. <laughs> yeah. Nothing's happening. Um, we see Iris helping Arthur like get a suit for this event. We see Graham. He's doing some work in bed while his daughters are asleep. And he like picks up the phone to call Amanda, but then like stops himself and puts it back. And then we see Amanda's packing her bags to leave when the dog barks and she goes downstairs. And who's at the door but Graham? And, you know, they make out, close the door behind them. Ooh. Spicy. Back in California, Miles starts composing. He's making a track for Arthur to walk out onto the stage. And um, he plays something written by John Williams. It's the Indiana Jones theme oh, song. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then he shows Iris the real one. And Iris is like, wow, that sounds like him. And Miles is like, ah, I can't believe it. He's I, like, oh, my God. I also wrote one for you. And he starts playing it. And I think this is when I cried again. It's like a beautiful melody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just gorgeous. And he's like, mm-hmm. I only use the good notes. I was like, oh, my God. He starts singing. um, They sing some made-up words together. Uh, Mm -hmm. You can do a a little rendition of that (laughs) if you would like. Well, well, like, they, like, are, like, looking at each other. It's, like, getting very romantic. Yeah. So to, like, break the tension a little bit, he, like, goes back to Arthur's melody and he's like, Iris lives next door to Arthur, he's a doodly do, and they're like, and also scroodly do. Yeah, me and Christina sing this pretty often. Yeah, but I love this moment. It's so sweet. It actually made me think of so my brother when he got married, he wrote the song that his wife walked down the aisle to, and had like a string quartet playing it. And wow, I was like, whoa, that is that's some peak musician romance right there. That's pretty intense. Yeah. So, ladies, a man might. Compose a song for you. He could do it. So back in England, it's après sex. It's post coitus. <laughs> it's um, you know, later that evening. It's the uh, post come clarity. <laughs> and um, Graham and Amanda are like lying in bed, like breathing heavily, and 
they're like, wow, that was so great. Like, this is such a bitch. And so Graham is like, well, you must come to London all the time for work. She's like, mm. And he's like, what about New York? And she's like, not really, but that's easier. Do you ever go to New York? And he's like, rarely. And he's like, you know, this long distance thing can work. And she's like, you know what? Okay, let's just say we make this happen. Yeah. We fly back and forth. And then in six months, it gets hard and we hit a wall and we start fighting. And then we have a long, tearful phone call and we say goodbye. All the color has drained from his face, Mm -hmm. depressed. And she's like, or, and he's like, "Ah, thank you, gets up to kiss her. And she's like, or maybe we just realized this has been perfect and it won't get better than this. And the fact that I'm leaving makes it more exciting than it is. And he's like, oh, I have another scenario. I'm in love with you. Not just because you're leaving or because it feels good, but because he loves her and he never thought he'd feel this way again. Insane. Shocking. I'm, (laughs) yeah. And he's like, I know I'm a package deal, three for the price of one, but he finally knows what he wants and what he wants is her. And she says that she wasn't expecting I love you and asks him not to look at her like that. She's trying to find the right thing to say. And he's like, Maybe we should just talk about something else. Like, what a complete ass I am. He does remember that she promised not to fall in love with him. Then Amanda kisses him. So back in California, Miles and Iris are eating sushi. They're having a little lunch, talking about Arthur's movies. Miles reaches over to grab the soy sauce and accidentally grazes her boob. And they laugh. He's (laughs) like, that was accidental. I'm so sorry. Um, Apparently that was based on, like, Nancy Myers, the writer, director, was, like, hanging out with Jack Black, and he accidentally did that to her, and she thought it was funny, so she wrote it into the movie. Wow. Yeah. So Iris tells Miles that Arthur has requested that he write some lyrics for his, like, theme song, and then Miles gets a call from Maggie, and he's like, what's up? And she, like, wants to see him. He's like, I'm kind (sighs) of tied up right now, but I can meet you in, like, half an hour. Apparently, Maggie called to say that she misses him. And, um, you know, Miles agrees to go meet her. And Iris is like, oh, it's it's fine. See about the writer's skills. I mean, ooh-woo, if you can still make it. Ooh-woo. If you can still make it. (laughs) Yeah. So he apologizes and Iris wishes him luck, but she's really disappointed. I would be too. So Iris gets home, you know, she's feeling kind of down because the guy she likes might be getting back together with his ex. And she decides to, you know, add insult to injury and read some of Jasper's book pages that he mailed over. Yeah. And just when she sits down, she gets a call from him and he's like, oh, like I sent you a Christmas present. And she goes downstairs to look for it, opens the front door and... Stupid fucking Jasper is standing right there. Awful. Surprise. I hate it. So (sighs) she invites him in. She opens them a bottle of wine. Jasper's looking around. He's like, this place really suits you, you know? So he tells her he came because he had to see her. And she's like, I don't understand. I've been right there for three years. And he's like, I hated when you were gone. And I was constantly checking emails. I don't want to lose you. And she's like, this is too confusing. But Jasper just pulls her in. I hate it. I hate it so much. He's so awful. Meanwhile, 
Maggie is groveling for Miles. She's like, I made a mistake. Like, he wasn't what I thought. And, like, I was thinking about you and I missed you. And I'm like, can it, lady? It's too late. He's moved on. We've all moved on. Jasper suggests sneaking off to Venice with Iris when she gets back to England. And she asks him if he's free to do that. And he tells her that he just traveled halfway around the world for her. And she's like, okay, well, that doesn't really answer the question, though. And he tells her he wishes that she could accept how confused he is by all of this. I'm seething. My blood is absolutely boiling. Boiling boiling over the edge. And Iris is like, okay, so you're totally still engaged. And she gets up um, and says this was a really close call. And they are not meant for each other at all. Yeah, she has this great monologue, which I think of often. She says, Jasper... You have never treated me right, ever. You broke my heart and acted like it was my fault, my misunderstanding, and I was too in love with you to ever be mad at you, so I just punished myself for years. But you waltzing in here on my lovely Christmas holiday and telling me that you don't want to lose me whilst you're about to get married somehow newly entitles me to say that it's over. This twisted, toxic thing between us is over. I'm miraculously done being in love with you. Fucking pop off, queen. Yes. Yeah, I'm like, finally, after all of these years that you let this man walk Mm -hmm. all over you, cut him out of your life. Block him. Yeah, block (laughs) his number. Block his whole life. And Iris is like, I have somewhere important to be. You need to get the fuck out. So he's like, what's gotten into you? And she's like, I don't know. But I think what I've got is something slightly resembling gumption. Yes. She slams the door in his face. Hell yes, gumption. We all need more gumption. So Iris puts on a great dress. She gets ready. She heads on over to Arthur's house to pick him up. Yeah, she looks great. Yeah, she looks incredible. Arthur is like, you look amazing. And he's like, did I do my tie right? I really like this Hugo Boss. He cuts a good suit. And I'm like, you are the most adorable man that has ever lived. (laughs) So he then gives Iris a corsage that he bought for her. He's like, I haven't had a date in a long time. But when I did, this is what we did. And you know, if you think it's corny or it's going to ruin your outfit, you don't have to wear it. And she's like, no, I like corny. I'm looking for corny in my life. Yes. So at the Writer's Guild event, Arthur takes a deep breath and holds Iris' hand before they open the doors to reveal a huge crowd. Huge. They're all cheering for Arthur. A man, this is when I cry again. A man oh, goes I cried to too. shake. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to cry <laughs> now, though. A man goes <laughs> to take Arthur up the stairs, and Arthur looks at the stairs and he hears his amazing theme song written by miles and he's like no thank you i'll do it myself and he marches right up those stairs as miles runs in and sits over next to iris and he's like the man is a rock star he is a rock star this i love I love this scene. It's It's just so delightful. Like, his face, when he sees all those people there for him, and, like, he marches up those stairs with such gumption. It's beautiful. 
So Miles is sitting next to Iris and he tells Iris that the Maggie thing is over. It's all done. And he's like, you look beautiful, by the way. And I'm like, yeah, she does. Mm -hmm. Hell yeah, she does. So then Arthur makes his speech, just like talking about his life in Hollywood. And Miles leans over to Iris and he's like, hey, so what are you doing for New Year's Eve? She's like, oh, I'll be back in England by then. And he's like, you know, I've never been to England, never even been to Europe. If I go over there, can we have a date on New Year's Eve? And she kisses him and she's like, love to. It's so delightful. Jack Black does like a little like, yes, like fist with his hand. It's just so charming. They're so, their dynamic is just lovely. I I really enjoy it. So back in England at the cottage, Amanda is leaving. And she tells Graham they shouldn't make a bigger deal of this than they have to. You know, she's just going to kiss him and say, I'll be seeing you. So they kiss and she walks over to the car. Graham watches as the car drives away. And on the way back to the airport, the driver asks if she had a good holiday. And she says it was great, maybe the best ever. And then for the first time since she was 15, Amanda starts crying and she can't believe it. And we hear like the Mr. Movie Phone voice in her head saying, Amanda Woods, welcome back. So she asks the driver to like turn around, go as fast as possible. And he's like, oh, like these lanes are a little bit tricky. And she was like, just stop. I got it. Runs, gets out of the car and sprints back to the house. She finally makes it and she finds Graham just like sobbing in the kitchen. And she's like, I was thinking it would be crazy for me to leave before New Year's Eve. You know, you didn't exactly ask me out, but you did say that you loved me. So I'm thinking I have a date if you'll have me. And he's like, I have the girls New Year's Eve. And she's like, sounds perfect. And they hug. It's so cute. He was really crying waiting for her. Yeah. Yeah, he was. (laughs) So sad. So New Year's Eve. It's a party at Graham's house. Iris is home and Miles came with her. And Graham's kids really like him. So Mm -hmm. Amanda comes in with food. The vibes are just chef's kiss. Immaculate. Yes. Iris and Amanda hug and chat about their guys. Miles challenges Amanda to a dance-off. Everyone is happy and they're dancing and having a good time. And that's the holiday. Yeah. What a just delightful, lovely film. You ever just want to be happy? Yeah. (laughs) Well, actually, a lot of the movies, not great. Like, just... There's a lot of, like, shit that happens, but it's good. I like it. Yeah. I wasn't sure what to expect, mm-hmm. but there were a lot of moments that were really touching. I really enjoyed Iris' character. Yeah, same. I I definitely relate to her character a lot. I feel a lot of kinship with her and her whole, like, journey and just, like, finding her confidence and her mm-hmm. voice and taking charge of her life and making new connections with people. I think it's just, like, such a lovely arc to see and, like, her relationship with Arthur is adorable. Her relationship with Miles is adorable. Like, Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I wish that I could relate to Amanda more. I just personally don't. I don't either. And I don't yeah. know if, like, another actress, if it was played differently, would even mm-hmm. – I would relate to more anything like that. I think I just mm-hmm. didn't find – this probably my biggest, like, critique beef with of, the movie. Yeah, critique, yeah. you'd say, is that – I think her storyline was not as deep as the other people's storylines. Yeah. Um, with Miles, there's like he's like wants to have this like relationship, but he doesn't like feel like he's good enough. And mm-hmm. a similar thing with Iris 
it's like she wants to have this thing with this guy, this mm-hmm. like stuff going on that inside like her confidence and like Arthur, he has this like beautiful storyline also with mm-hmm. confidence, but like yeah. Amanda is a pretty confident character. So the only thing that she had was that she didn't cry. And like, I guess she did open up, but it didn't even feel to me like she had enough conversations that were so deep that I felt like, Mm -hmm. oh my God, you've really opened like this other life, this new version of yourself. Right. Like I, it is shocking, but I do buy that Graham like fell in love with her yeah i feel like that's like clear i don't know if i buy it so much on her end yeah but i guess like her storyline is that like she's like has like a lot of emotional walls built up Mm -hmm. from like you know her childhood trauma and because of that like she's not open to love i guess but it just seemed like a little bit too sudden (laughs) yeah for her to then like turn around and be like yes now i'm I'm willing to be in love, but I guess maybe it just took like actually leaving. I don't know. It just, it's, it doesn't, the storyline isn't as strong for me as the other ones. So it's not like what I watched this movie for. Yeah. But I highly recommend it though. It's a really good December film. Definitely. Definitely agree. I was happily surprised and it's not even just about like the Christmas factors, although Mm -hmm. that's like a nice out of touch. It's just a really great story about being a woman who's in i would assume is like late 20s early 30s they're probably in their 30s in this movie 30s yeah i would say like early 30s probably yeah and just figuring out your place in life and how Mm -hmm. you are willing to be treated and kind of just like you know wanting better for yourself yeah yeah so we've decided to do a little holiday rating system Mm -hmm. um we're gonna do a couple different categories yeah mistletoe for steaminess level, okay. How steamy yeah. is the romance? Film? Exactly. Yeah. Eggnog. That's like overall cheer, right? Just holiday, holiday cheer and merriment. Yes, you know. Candy canes, which is performance level, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and overall Christmas trees altogether. How good was the movie? Mm-hmm. Which I think can be very inversely related to the other categories depending on the movie yes yeah Yeah. it's not an exact science it's not um it's it's more of just a gut it's a gut thing yeah it's gut (laughs) mistletoe this has got to be it's got to be high pretty high i'm willing to go five out of five for mistletoe i don't know if i want to go five out of five because iris doesn't do anything oh i guess are we talking about just like you know steamy steamy or just like the overall tension and romance i was just thinking like general romantic storylines okay then yeah romantic interests i would say like five out of five because i feel like not a lot of christmas movies are like steamy steamy (laughs) yeah true (laughs) unless it's like dirty santa or something yeah if you you know any sexy christmas movies uh please dm us (laughs) but (laughs) yeah i'll i'll give it a five out of five for romance dude eggnog overall merriment mm-hmm. i really had a good time i would give it four cartons of eggnog mm-hmm. i would give it i would i would go 3.5 okay just because it's not like the most Christmassy, like holiday centric film but i did enjoy myself a lot and i oh, did yeah. it did get me into the spirit maybe 3.75 <laughs> i would give it a three or a 3.5 yeah. candy canes performances i don't know if it's Cameron Diaz performance itself that makes me not find Amanda's character <laughs> enthralling. Yeah. Um, and for that reason, 
I will have to chop a candy cane off the chopping block. Give it four candy canes. I feel the same. I feel like, I don't know if it's her. I don't know if it's the rating, but there's something there. Yeah. That drops it compared to everybody else. Definitely. So I will also go with four. Four candy canes. And our overall, how many Christmas trees? Uh, I'll give this one a nine. Yeah. Yeah? Does that line up for you? Yeah. I do love this movie. It's like one of my, it's definitely my top three favorite Christmas movies that I watch every year. Yeah. I'm also thinking about in relationship to the other movies we've chosen. I think mm-hmm. that this one would be a nine. Yeah. In out of that mix of movies. I, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. We're coming, we're coming out strong out the yeah. gate for Holiday Spectacular. Definitely. I think that it's going to be a really good one and we're excited for you to uh, join us. Yes, definitely. Don't forget to, you know, follow us on Instagram. Yes. Get all that holiday content. Because you don't want to miss the holiday content. I cannot you stress don't. it enough. Yeah, we have a very fun advent calendar posting every day on the stories. Yes. So definitely check that out. I made it months ago and have been waiting with bated breath to finally post it. So I hope everyone enjoys. And uh, you can also follow us on Twitter. It's mtru underscore pod. And don't forget to rate, review, subscribe. I feel like it's been a minute since we've had a review to chat about. Yeah, it has. Definitely leave us a little written review on Apple Podcasts and we'll shout you out in the next episode. Yeah, we could tell you even what Christmas movie most represents you. (gasps) Ooh, that would be fun. Yeah, just shoot us a little DM if you leave a review and we will get on it. Yes. On the next step. Absolutely. All right, we'll see you next week. See you soon, guys. Please enjoy yourselves. Make a little cup of hot chocolate or whatever you want to drink Mm -hmm. and, you know, light a candle and listen to the pod. Thank you so much for listening to Movies That Race Us. We are Mo and Christina and our theme song is by Garrett Schmidt. Bye.